Yonder, Chapter 7, Another Reckoning You nervous about the first day of Pitmaster School? Mary Alice teased from the ensuite through a mouthful of toothpaste. Set my alarm for four. Figure ten minutes for a shower, twenty minutes to be there a little early. Jimbi was trying to convince himself of being confident. Mary Alice finished her nightly ablutions and slid under the bed covers just as Jim Bob's phone let out a cricket chirp. Blurred-eyed and sleepy, he sat on the edge of the bed, contemplating whether to read it or not. He went through a mental checklist. Kids are home in bed. Check. Mary Alice is home and in bed. Check. No family members in the hospital. Check. He mused to himself, who would be texting me this time of the night? This can't be good. Stirring restlessly, Mary Alice called out, Read it already and go to bed. <sighs> Jim Bob's shoulders sagged and he surrendered to curiosity, opening the text. Can we meet at the diner for lunch at 11? Need to talk. He instantly regretted opening the text. In the many weeks since his return to Yonder, Jim Bob invited Pastor James Dean to lunch in an attempt to build a relationship. Each invitation was answered with a suggestion for an office appointment at the church. Jim Bob's last invitation had been made just two weeks ago, and he finally surrendered to the thought that his pastor was unwilling to meet with him outside of an official meeting. He closed his eyes and said a quick prayer. Lord, you created me to build relationships. I made multiple reasonable attempts to reach out and build relationships with Jimmy. Lord, what do you want me to do? Peace washed over his mind, and he responded to the attacks immediately before he changed his mind. Sure, see you there. He clicked off the lamp and slid under the covers to rest his body and mind for what tomorrow may bring. Or would you like to swing on a star? Jim Bob rolled over and pressed the stop button for the alarm on his phone and rubbed his eyes. The only thing that's going to be swinging is your head from the yard arm if you don't quiet down. Mary Alice pulled the covers over her head and did battle with the rack monster. Soon he could hear her snoozing soundly. It took an extra five minutes to shave and dress because of the sound restrictions imposed by his wife. But JB was out the door right at 20 minutes after 4 a.m. and on his way for his first lesson in being a barbecue pitmaster. Yonder was a ghost town when he parked in front of the diner and walked to the rear entrance of Smoky Toes. There was noise coming through the screen door and the pleasant smell of coffee wafting on the breeze. Smoke billowed from the chimney above the door. Hello, anybody in there? Get your carcass in here, you're already late, a gravelly voice growled back. Past the walk-in freezer, JB encountered the skinniest white man he had ever met. Wait a minute, he knew that face. Boyd, is that you? How long has it been? Where's the pit master for tubs? You're looking at what there is of him. Been doing this gig for near 30 years. Grab an apron by the back door and let's get busy. Series of hooks were mounted opposite the walk-in freezer door. JB grabbed the first one his hand settled on and hurried back into the kitchen. Boyd was standing near several big stew pots full of liquid. There was a salty vinegar smell hanging in the air. Boyd handed him a pair of rubber gloves. Grab your butt and hold it tight. Without thinking, J.B. firmly grabbed each cheek of his bottom and stared intently at Boyd, waiting for his next instructions. Boyd stared back without a smile, and his eyebrows creased. You was always a smart aleck. Are you going to stand there all night, or are you going to help me get these pork butts out of the brine? J.B. giggled nervously, trying to play it off, as he really were being a smart aleck. 
The truth was he wasn't sure where Boyd was going with the grab your butt and hold it tight. JB thought maybe it was some kind of initiation. He was thankful that the thick rubber gloves came above his elbows as he reached into the dark, chilly brine and grabbed a pork butt and held it tight. Boyd raised the lid on the pit and smoke billowed out into the room. We got to get him on the pit as quick as possible so we don't lose smoke and heat, Boyd barked. My butt's firm, JB quipped as he paced his first load on the pit and turned back to the pots for another. You seem to be really proud of that fact, JB. Should I tweet that out to the world or you want to get busy helping me load the pit? It took almost 30 minutes to load the pit and close the lid. What's in the pots, Boyd? Secret recipe handed down to me from the last pit master, old Black Moses. Written down and memorized. Well, it's mostly vinegar, water, chunks of onion, and a secret ingredient that I can't tell you yet. Boyd sauntered over the coffee pot and poured himself a cup. He lifted it to invite JB to take a cup. I understand you're a coffee snob, JB, but I think you'll like this. Picked it off from Coffee AM over in Canton on my way back from Chiha this past spring. It's Guatemalan dark roast. Who's the coffee snob, Boyd? JB slurped to spread the flavor and aroma in his mouth. This is great. Got a cow for me? Open the fridge there. You'll find some whole unhomogenized milk from West Georgia Creamery from the pig. Sweeteners are under the table, you big sissy. The local Piggly Wiggly, affectionately known as the pig, was the only local store to carry Jim Bob's favorite queen. Jim Bob fixed his coffee and stared intently at Boyd. How long are those going to smoke? Fourteen hours. Those are for dinner tonight. Got another 20 butts in the warmer I smoked last night for lunch. We feed heat and smoke into the warmer to keep them primed and firmed. Boyd finished his last part with a sly grin. You on a picket one? It was awful early, JB thought, but the offer of freshly smoked barbecue set his taste buds on fire. Sure, if it'll help you out. Above the smoker was what looked like a smaller smoker. A metal pipe about three inches in diameter ran from the smoker to this narrow unit. Boyd grabbed one of the brine pots and a short-handled mop. He opened the upper oven, grabbed a black mass of meat, and flung it on a metal sheet pan on the table. He then dipped the mop in the brine mop pot and mopped all 40 butts in the top oven in less than five minutes. Wham! The door was slammed home. Can't leave them in there without basting them or they dry out and want to keep the bark crisp and the inside moist. Boyd handed him a couple of paper towels as JB gently pinched the smoky warm pork butt. The crunchy bark quickly gave way to clear juice from the inside, accompanied by a little puff of smoke. Looked like you elected a pope, JB. That's a good sign. JB hesitated and thought about responding before gently placing the piece of bark and pork butt into his mouth. Before he realized it, his mouth was open again. Ugh. You need a moment alone with that pork butt, JB? You're making me blush. My friend, that is a taste of pure heaven. I almost feel guilty. JB walked away from the table and poured himself another cup of coffee. You got a family, Boyd? JB gently stirred the cream in his coffee. Wife and two kids, both grown. My wife's grown too sassy before you ask. He finished this with a smirk and a sip of his own coffee. JB smiled in Boyd's direction before taking a long drink of his cuppa. My children are healthy and didn't inherit this autoimmune thing I seem to have. I almost said cursed, but God is sovereign and knows what he's doing. Let's get busy and prep the butts for smoking tonight. 
We need to dump that brine, wash those pots for the next batch. Don't want to taint the new meat. Wash them good and then fill them half full with cold water at about 8 inches from the top. I'll get the fresh meat out of the walk-in. By the time JB had washed and filled the deep pots, Boyd had 20 fresh butts laid out on the table. Boyd paused, blowing on his cold hands. We'll unwrap them in the sink and rinse them. I'll pat them down with a dishcloth and place them on the table. Pace yourself. This ain't a race. Good barbecue requires love and attention in the prep and cooking. It took a little over an hour to rinse and pat dry 20 pork butts, the smallest of which was 15 pounds. Boyd walked over to the stove in the corner where there were two large stew pots simmering and steaming that JB hadn't noticed. He pulled down a two-quart saucepan from some metal hooks over the stove and began to fill the pots of water to within 10 inches of the top. That the secret sauce? JB quit with a sly smile. You didn't think I was going to give you the secret to brine on your first visit, did you? Boyd chuckled. I was born at night, but not last night. Respect is given. Trust is earned. With that, he finished filling the five stew pots. As careful as you would handle a newborn baby, they deposited four pork butts per pot and covered them with butcher paper and a metal lid. Before you ask, we want them to have plenty of breathing room to soak up the brine on all surfaces. Seems like a lot of trouble, but men with the flavor on at your bark you chapled earlier. Mmm, <clears throat> J.B. moaned before he could stop it. All right, dude, you got me. What's next? Do it all over again around 11 tonight. If you want to join me, bring your Bible and be around 1030. We'll be a short devotion before we start. You missed it this morning. Boyd untied his apron, hung it on a hook by the back door, and waited for J.B. to follow. I'll be here with bells on, J.B. said with a smile. <laughs> you always was a hoot, J.B. No wonder all the girls liked you. Boyd locked the door and headed off into the morning without a wave or a goodbye. No wonder all the girls liked you? J.B. puzzled. What did that mean? 10.30? Where had the time gone? J.B. began walking across to his car in front of the diner when his phone chirped like a cricket. Please pick up the brownie mix and walnuts. Smiley face. He veered to the right and headed toward Roosters. He laughed himself thinking about the legacy possum had around yonder. It was actually Royster's Grocery, but everybody called it what the sign said. Old habits are hard to break. Royster's was a throwback and not a throwback. The original Royster was a feed and seed store that also had a few groceries. When the Royster family decided to modernize, they kept the feed and seed complete with a pot-bellied stove and rocking chairs for the old-timers who came in for coffee and gossip. If you were looking for a senior citizen in yonder or the latest gossip, both could be found in the center of Rooster's Grocery Store around the pot-bellied stove. It was a little early in October for a fire in the stove, but all the rocking chairs were full. JB tried to avoid the gaze of grumpy old men filling the chairs, but Mike caught sight of him as he slipped into the baking aisle to get brownie mints. Mike, a loud elderly voice called across the store. JB prayed silently as he headed in the direction of the murder of old crows rocking and talking. Please, Lord, don't make me have to hear that story again. JB emerged from the aisle to a chorus of chuckles. Did you ever tell you about Jim Bob's first time deer hunting, fellas? JB's shoulders sagged, and he knew this wasn't going to be pleasant. Grab that fold and stool, Jim Bob, and have a seat, Mike chided him. After Jim Bob dutifully retrieved the stool and sat down on the edge of the group, the humiliation began. I used to be a big deer hunter, Mike began. 
you used to be big? One of the old men I didn't recognize asked. Anyway, Mike continued, Jim Bob's daddy Howard asked me to take 12-year-old Jim Bob deer hunting and show him the ropes. I was leasing some prime deer hunting property over toward Dahlonega, so early one Saturday morning we headed over there in my truck. He brought a single-barrel 12-gauge shotgun with double-aught buck. I put him in a tree stand and went off to get in my stand. Round nine, it started to fog up and then turned into a steady drizzle, which was perfect for deer hunting. Keeps the smell down, don't it? Silas Griggs chimed in as a statement rather than a question. All of the gray heads nodded in affirmative and Mike continued. I had dozed off for a few seconds when I hear it. It sounded like a dying mule, but this dying mule seemed to be calling my name. I listened and then thought to myself, nah, that boy knows better. It went on for about 20 minutes and seemed to circle the stand where I was sitting, but staying off in the distance. Finally, I figured he pretty much scared all the deer in the country away, so I climbed down and headed toward the dying mule. When I found him, he was soaked to the bone. I asked him as nicely as possible, Boy, you hurting or something? No, sir, just tired of being out in the rain. Mike hung his head in feigned disgust. I asked him if he'd ever shot that gun, he was told, and he said no. So we spent a little time orienting him to his gun and shooting a few cans with the double-op buck. Silas Griggs couldn't resist the temptation to take a jab. Who was that young man you took hunting out of the kindness of your heart, Mike? All five of them burst out laughing and looked in Jim Bob's direction. Jim Bob stood, folded the stool, and headed toward the produce section. He remembered a devotional he had read a few weeks earlier. It emphasized that we must control our tongue and that when we have the opportunity to respond, we can speak life or death. Jim Bob closed his eyes for concentration and said a quick prayer. Peace washed over him and calm permeated his body, heart, and mind. Slowly, he turned to face their derisive laughter with a smile. You guys are such a blessing. As dear friends to Dad and as mentors to me over the years, you have been such a blessing. Mike, I never said thank you for taking me hunting that day. You taught me about hunting, about guns, and mostly about patience. Thank you for taking me hunting and thank you for teaching me about gun safety. I can honestly point my children to all y'all as the fulfillment of Titus 2.2. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. God bless y'all. See you in church on Sunday. J.B. turned and walked away. The creaking of rocking chairs suddenly stopped. The laughter ceased, and throughout Rooster's Grocery, the only things that could be heard were the beeping of UPC scanners at checkout and the whirring of refrigeration fans. J.B. found the walnuts checked out of the front register and headed toward his car. The Holy Spirit spoke to his thoughts. Don't judge them too harshly and forgive them before you take another step. Hold on to the peace I gave you and forgive them right now. A smile creased his face and then he remembered his lunch appointment with the pastor. He tossed a brownie mix and walnuts on the front seat and bowed his head to pray.